Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. What I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in, Tuesday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. A little winter weather out there this morning, some ice and slush. So hopefully you made it to where you're going safe or still home today. But it's game day, and Indiana has won five straight games. And I'm going to say this, um, very, very tough game tonight for Indiana. Uh, road game, Maryland's a team that has been up and down, but... Uh, I think definitely a road challenge tonight. I uh, would not be surprised at all if Indiana doesn't win the game. Obviously, with how the team has been playing, you expect them to be in the game and very competitive in the contest tonight. But uh, nonetheless, I do expect a really tough game on the road for Indiana as they try to make it six straight. This would be six wins in a row if they can get it done to close out the month of January. And if you go back really to the first week, week and a half of January, did you ever see a team that won five or maybe six in a row uh, this month, that turnaround, that kind of improvement happening uh, just, again, earlier this month? All this has taken place, really, if you look at a calendar in about three, three and a half weeks. It's amazing what this team has been able to change and accomplish and how they are clicking and playing together with confidence. Their defense is, I think, completely different than it was at the start of the year. So a lot of good things for IU basketball. I think a win against Maryland is huge if they could get it done, obviously, and get six straight. It would also just fire up that Purdue game even further on Saturday, which is already going to be an unbelievable environment in Assembly Hall. I'm jealous that I cannot be there for that one, but uh, that will be a lot of fun. But also a loss on the road in the Big Ten It just simply isn't the end of the world, especially when you've won five in a row. Indiana's in a little bit different position as far as wins and losses now than what they were a few weeks ago in the conference and thinking about NCAA tournament resumes and all that kind of stuff. So a big one, a tough one coming up. But to me, you know Indiana's not going to win out. I don't think any team is going to win out from this point forward the rest of the way in the conference. And it's hard to say that and know that really at all, but it's especially if you don't look at each team's schedule the rest of the way. But with that said, um, to me, it's more about how they play on the road and how competitive they are on the road. And are they able to, even if it were to be a loss tonight, are they able to continue some of the really good things that have happened? But uh, again, this Indiana team, with how they've been playing, they are definitely capable of getting the win. They are definitely capable of beating Maryland. They are definitely capable of maybe in some ways dominating Maryland if they continue exactly how they've been playing. But it is time for some sort of letdown or some sort of screw-up or uh, just somebody to get hot and beat them. Uh, We'll see if that happens tonight. But uh, good one coming up tonight 
and uh, should be a great one to take in. Another 9 o'clock tip-off on ESPN2. Uh, Indiana back in the AP Top 25 poll as well. And so we'll get you all set for that game coming up a little bit later today. Let's take a look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one here in just a moment. We'll take a look at the news of the day. Lots of headlines. We'll take you through Maryland and what to expect tonight. Another big midseason honor for Trace Jackson Davis. We'll talk about that. Girls sectionals tonight. I know we've had some weather. I know a lot of the schools are shuttered today because of some icy road conditions, especially earlier this morning. But I don't believe that I've seen any of the local sectionals. And, of course, from what I understand, north of here, if you get up to Bedford and other places, it was worse, I believe. So um, I haven't seen anything postponed or canceled or shifted around just yet. That's the one thing with this girls' tournament starting so early, uh, really, in the winter season. Weather can really uh, play some havoc on the the girls' state tournament. Of course, it can snow in March or April. It's it's done that before and caused some issues. Then on semi-state or state championship, state finals weekend for the boys. But definitely here in late January, it can cause some issues trying to get this girls' tournament started. But I think everything is in line tonight, and we'll take a look at the matchups across the area involving some of our local teams. Uh, also, just a couple other mentions here in the opening segment as well, so plenty to get to. Later in the show, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier will join. Mike is always with us on Tuesdays as we talk the latest with IU basketball. We'll get you all set for the Maryland game tonight. We'll talk about matchups. We'll talk about the challenge that Maryland presents for Indiana and a lot more coming up later in our show today. That's the lineup, the service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Also, the Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. One more time, 502-414-1450. You can send in a question, a comment, your opinion, your prediction, whatever you've got on IU basketball, even local sports, high school hoops, whatever it is, to 502-414-1450. Right now you can get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, or a steak and egg burrito, and any fountain drink, tea, or fizz freeze, or 20-ounce bottled soda when you become a new Refreshing Rewards member. Simply download the app and register today for Refreshing Rewards to earn your free breakfast on Thornton's. And uh, let's get into some headlines of the day. We'll start talking about the Indiana-Maryland contest tonight. The Maryland Terrapins, Terrapins, 14-7 and seven overall, and they are 5-5 five and five in Big Ten Conference play. A 9 o'clock tip tonight. It's on ESPN2. And, of course, Don Fisher will have the call of the ball game, uh, as always, here on the Big X. The pregame coverage, you know, I always promote that. Make sure you tune in at 8 o'clock. You get the starting lineup. You get some other comments in the pregame interview with Coach Woodson that I always find are very interesting. And so many of the other media people out there, they listen to the uh, pregame show because uh, that's where they find out injuries and updates and, again, possible changes to the starting lineup Uh, and some interesting comments from Coach Woodson. So I encourage you to flip that on at 8 p.m. tonight. Also, uh, you know, Indiana's won five straight. They're back in the AP Top 25, and this is a real warm-up game. If Indiana needs any warm-up games at this point of the year before IU hosts top-ranked Purdue on Saturday in Bloomington, 
Uh, Maryland is 11-1 and at home. That, that stands out about their record. Their only loss at home came to UCLA back in mid-December, and it was a 27-point loss. I actually watched a little bit of that game. I thought Maryland would, would be better than what they are, maybe have a better record than what they they do at that point of the season, and then they absolutely got lambasted there in the middle of December by UCLA. Uh, Kevin Willard, I like him from Seton Hall many years. He's from the Patino family of coaches. He's in his first season uh, there in Maryland after 12 years at uh, Seton Hall. Willard led uh, Seton Hall five NCAA appearances but never got to the Sweet 16. I did not realize that till I was reading a preview article on today's game at InsideTheHall.com. But uh, his first team at Maryland, he's got some remaining players from Coach Turgeon's time in Maryland. He also has a number of transfer, uh, incoming transfers from the portal. Jameer Young, he's from Charlotte. He is really the top name that you would see when it comes to this Maryland team. Six foot one guard. Been uh, been good, 16 points and uh, 3.3 assists per game uh, to lead Maryland. Also another name, another transfer as well, Don Carey. He and also Hakeem Hart are starters for this Maryland team. Uh, kind of interesting for, for uh, uh, Carey, this is his fourth school. He played at Mount St. Mary's in year one, Siena year two, and Georgetown year three. He may have been at one of those for two years because of the COVID year of eligibility. But he also is from Maryland and decided to return home with Coach Willard when he uh, came in. He averages 7.3 points a game, 2.2 rebounds a game. But those are some of the key names to know most definitely as we think about this matchup uh, coming up uh, on tonight at 9 o'clock uh, at Maryland for Indiana. saw so in the betting line, Indiana, a uh, or Maryland, I should say, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. So that just shows you, not just in the Big Ten, but in college basketball in general, uh, how long that uh, – that just shows you how how much a home court advantage truly, truly means. Um, That is is for sure. So – but a little bit on tonight's game. Also, Trace Jackson Davis, he was named uh, yesterday to the late-season watch list for the 2023 Wooden Award, the John R. Wooden Award – uh, and uh, one of four Big Ten players named to the 25-player list. He joins Jalen Pickett from Penn State, Zach Eady, of course, from Purdue, and Chris Murray from Iowa. Those four have had outstanding seasons, but out of those four, Eady at Purdue and TJD at IU, I think, have had by far the best seasons of those four from the Big Ten that have been added to that list. But definitely a star-studded list when you look at some of the players from across the country that are having great seasons. No surprise at all that Trace Jackson Davis's name is being mentioned for any award or any player of the year, conference or otherwise. He has just had an absolutely dominating top of se- type of season, and so it's great to see him get honored here in the middle of the season. Uh, even though he hasn't won that award, he definitely is a candidate, I would think, for that award. Uh, but good to see him be honored, for sure. He deserves it. Yesterday, I noticed locally a lot on the news about UofL football and new coach Jeff Brom, who comes to the Cardinals from Purdue. Uh, at Louisville now, uh, a big announcement yesterday. They've named their stadium after LNN Credit Union. But with that, they also put out their schedule yesterday. And it was a reminder that Indiana and Louisville are going to square off in a big football matchup 
next season on Saturday, September 16th. If you're thinking ahead already to college football, and that game will be at a neutral site, it'll be played at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. So definitely a fun one on the football calendar already. Of course, IU football opens with Big Ten leader every year, Ohio State, on September 2 to begin the season. Then it's Indiana State uh, at home in Week 2, and of course Louisville in Week 3, Akron in Week 4, and then Big Ten Conference play rejoins the rest of the way with Maryland on September 30th. So just kind of a football note to work in today as we think about what's ahead for uh, IU football and that big it should be a fun game I know that I don't know what uh, IU's football team is going to be like next year I think there's a lot to be determined I guess the same could be said for coach Brom with UofL as he takes over the program but uh, definitely will be a fun one on the calendar no matter what the records are at that point of the season high school basketball tonight it's the girls sectionals almost every sectional in the state at least is scheduled to begin play tonight. I know whether I would say most definitely at some part uh, is going to screw something up uh, for tonight. But looking around, local teams, you've got uh, Floyd Central and New Albany and Jeff always in the 4A sectional. But guess what? Also there this year is Silver Creek. So we've got four local teams in the 4A sectional up at Bedford-North Lawrence. Tonight you get Jennings County and Bedford-North Lawrence. That's the only Tuesday night game that's scheduled to be played. And to be quite honest, that's probably the game of the sectional. Jennings County is 16-5. and Bedford is 20-3. and A 7 o'clock game tonight. That should be really, really good. Wednesday night, we've got some locals. Floyd Central and Silver Creek will square off against each other. Silver Creek beat Floyd Central in overtime back during the regular season. So that could be a good game. And then New Albany, a 4-19 record to take in to play Seymour, who's 13-9 in the second game on Wednesday night. Jeff got a bye which is big in that sectional. The only problem is they get the winner of game one. So Jeff is going to take on either Jennings County or Bedford. Bedford, the sectional favorite. Jennings County would be just behind them on Friday night. The winners from the other games will play in the second semifinal on Friday, the championship game set for Saturday. Of course, Bedford, the favorite. They have now won 11 straight sectional championships playing on their home court this year. Bedford, I think, in many ways, a big favorite to win it. But Jennings is going to be a challenge for them. 3A sectional down at Corden. Uh, It gets underway tonight with two games, Salem and Madison. And then Charlestown will be uh, at Corden, 730, for that Charlestown game. Scottsburg got the bye. They'll take on the Salem-Madison winner. And North Harrison also a bye. They'll take on the Charlestown and Corden Central winner. I would think Corden, the host at 21-2, having a great season, is a big favorite there. Right behind them would be Scottsburg at 18-5. and five. That could be a very competitive sectional. Uh, and I think the way it's laid out, uh, Corden and Scottsburg could not meet until the championship game, which should be a, a, an exciting finish there if things work out that way. The 2A sectional up at Austin, that is where Providence and Henryville and Clarksville are all at. That's the one on the boys' side we'll really be paying attention to coming up a month or so from now. But Eastern Pekin uh, will take on Providence tonight. Providence has had a nice season, 14-8 and their record. That's the lone Tuesday night game. On Wednesday, Henryville at just six wins on the season. We'll take on Southwestern, who just has eight wins on the season. Clarksville, who just has five wins on the season, is a big underdog in the second game Wednesday as they take on host Austin. 
Friday night, you've got Brownstown, who's 17-7, and one of the favorites. They got the bye. They'll take on the Eastern Providence winner, and then the other winners will hook up in the second semifinal on Friday night. But Brownstown, the sectional champs a year ago in 3A, now they drop down to 2A and still the favorite in that sectional as well. Class A at Borden, that's where Christian Academy and South Central, Rock Creek, Borden, Lanesville, they are all there. Tonight, West Washington and South Central uh, will do battle in Game 1. Christian Academy will take on an improving Rock Creek team. Sarah Nord has done a nice job there this season. Uh, Christian Academy and Rock Creek at 7.30 tonight. On Friday, host Borden got a bye. They'll take on the West Washington South Central winner, and so Borden should have a, a fairly easy path to the championship game. Game 2 on Friday night, Lanesville got the other bye. They are 22-2. and two. They've got a real chance to win the sectional and then make some big noise in the state tournament. They will take on the Christian Academy Rock Creek winner on Friday night. So it could be a Lanesville-Borden championship on Saturday, which should be a lot of fun. Lanesville, again, I think when you look at girls' teams in our area, uh, they are probably by far the best opportunity to make some sort of run deep into the tournament if you look at things on paper. Also, I want to mention New Washington. They're in the Class A Rising Sun sectional, and they open play on Friday. They got the bye game, and they will take on the winner of Rising Sun and Medora. So New Washington, remember, they've been moved out of that same sectional with Borden, and Christian Academy, Rock Creek, South Central, Lanesville, some of the local rivals that have had such great games and great finishes, especially on the boys' side in recent years, but uh, New Washington now in a separate sectional. Before we go to break, somebody sent me this, and anytime the link is from TMZ, you know it's going to be something crazy, and this most definitely was crazy, but I, I just got to mention this, uh, and I just got a text now that the 4A sectional game tonight which is Jennings County and Bedford, it has been postponed. So that's definitely going to shake up the 4A sectional at Bedford. We'll keep you posted with what we hear as far as uh, when the future matchups will take place and how this week at Bedford will be altered. But getting back to my crazy TMZ story, uh, in Virginia, a 22-year-old high school basketball JV coach of a girls' team at Churchland High School, they're called the Truckers, in Churchland, Virginia. She impersonated one of her players who was missing from the game. The article says to play in a club basketball tournament. In Indiana, you can't play out of season or out of school sports in the same season. But she impersonated a player that was on her roster that was away for the game and played in the game in her place and scored all kind of points and was pretty dominant according to the video clip. She's been fired by the school, and it sounds like the entire Churchland program is falling apart because the players and parents, uh, basically the rest of the team, has opted out of the remainder of the season. So the crazy things you see in AAU travel sports, AAU basketball, uh, bleeding over into the high school ranks, Thankfully, not really in Indiana just yet, but I have seen some crazy things this week about high school basketball. One was this story in Virginia with a coach impersonating a player, which is just ignorant. There's no way around that. The second, over in Ohio, where they're, and actually in Cincinnati, where they're banning fans from some games, it's going to be played uh, without fans uh, because they've had just so many issues. So uh, you hope that doesn't happen in Indiana. 
but it's just stuff like this that makes you scratch your head and wonder what the future of, of some of this stuff is going to be like. We'll head to a commercial break when we come back. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier will join the program. We'll talk IU and Maryland. Send in your text, your predictions, your questions now, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450 on the Thornton's text line. Back with more after this on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Tuesday program. Just a couple things before we get to Mike Schumann in in a moment to preview IU and Maryland. Uh, Just to confirm this, sectional update from the 4A sectional, the girls' sectional at Bedford. I mentioned in the last segment, it has been postponed. The one game scheduled for tonight, which is probably going to be the best of the entire sectional, Bedford and Jennings County, it will now be played tomorrow night, Wednesday at 7 o'clock. Wednesday's games will be on Thursday, so we'll have some local teams playing on Thursday. Friday and Saturday set uh, as scheduled. That is the plan for the sectional at Bedford. Also had a text on the Thornton's text line, and I don't know exactly who they're referring to, but this is the second time I've had something like this, so I do want to read it. A Christian Academy 8th grade team, they lost just one game this season. They won a huge tournament last night over in Louisville, Kentucky. And so we wanted to give them some credit and tell them congratulations. I don't know if it's boys or girls or any other particulars, but congratulations. It's always great to see middle schoolers here do well because, you know, high school basketball in our area has a chance to continue to be really strong in future seasons as well. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier with me now. The Thornton's text line is open at 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Mike, at five in a row for Indiana, I just have a hinch. I just have a feeling, and I never really make a lot of predictions, and I'm never really opinionated on this show But I did call it before the Minnesota game. I said, I think Indiana may win, but I think it's going to be tough because it's an odd place to play and it's a Big Ten road game. I've got that same hinge, that same feeling tonight that Indiana could have a tough way to go at Maryland. They're either going to squeak it out or they could take their first L in a number of games tonight. Yeah, there's no doubt. I have that exact same feeling that this game is going to be very tough. I mean, Maryland has not lost yet at home in the Big Ten, so there, there's your first clue right there. Um, Kevin Willard's a, a good coach, proven track record at the high major level for for, for more than a decade. Um, you know, I, I think looking at what they've done recently, Maryland, that is, they, they play, they can play a lot of zone, they can press. What, what I've seen of them reminds me a little bit of what Indiana saw in the second half at Iowa, uh, a few weeks ago, where they really kind of caused Indiana to, to you know, take take time to even get into any kind of offense, and then once they were in it, they were never really comfortable operating against a zone. And I think Maryland will, will throw some different looks at at them in that way to just really try to. 
slow Indiana down and try to make them think about what they're doing. That, that's what Maryland's been really effective at this year is on the defensive end, just causing really long possessions, avoiding a lot of transition. And if you really look at Indiana's numbers over this good five-game run, what's really changed about them, in my opinion, or at least one of the things that's changed, a lot of things have changed, but one of the things is they're getting a lot of their offense early, you know, in in fast break or secondary break transition opportunities before defenses get set. I think they're going to have a hard time getting that done tonight. Mike Schumann, The Daily Hoosier. You can read his work at uh, thedailyhoosier.com. You can follow him on Twitter at daily underscore Hoosier. I think I saw Maryland a two-and-a-half-point favorite. It's amazing to me, not just in the Big Ten, but in college basketball. It doesn't matter how hot you are, what your record is. The home court advantage, it really means something, including to those that set the lines for these games if you're a better. Yeah, no doubt. And I, I thought uh, Willard threw out an interesting number yesterday. I, I I need to understand the exact context that he was saying it. But he, he said something along the lines that 84% of college basketball games are won by the home team. I, I That kind of blew me away. Maybe that's right because, you know, so many games are – you know, kind of high major versus cupcake, and then, you know, in conference play, it does seem to go towards the home team, but it was a pretty startling number, but just using that figure as a starting point, that, you know, further lays out the, the challenge that's in front of Indiana. Um, you know, I mentioned how Maryland has not lost at home in the Big Ten, and that's kind of, during that span, which they really haven't been playing that well. They're probably the most, in my opinion, the most enigmatic team in the Big Ten. They, they've only won here six out of their last 13 games. But during that stretch, they, they've been good at home. I mean, they beat Wisconsin, they beat Michigan, they beat Ohio State, all, all on their home court and all, court and, and all in fairly convincing fashion. Um, but you do have that outlier. There was the one game I really tried to watch Maryland extensively was back in December when they hosted UCLA and they lost by 30 on their home court. So, Really interesting team, not not a lot of depth, not a lot of length. The team that you think Indiana, you know, on paper could have a pretty good shot to beat, but, you know, for all the reasons we're laying out here, it won't be easy at all. Yeah, for sure. Maryland, a great home record. They've done a great job protecting their home court, I think, as the old saying goes. Somehow, back in mid-December, I just happened to be watching college hoops and watched a great portion of that Maryland and UCLA game. A 27-point loss is their only loss at home this season. That's kind of remarkable. Yeah, and it was coming off the heels of, you know, wins over Illinois, over Louisville, over Miami. Uh, It it was right at the time where we're starting to think, you know, maybe Maryland's a lot better than we thought they were going to be. And then they went on a a three-game losing streak that was, capped off by that loss to UCLA and that at that point it's like I, I have no idea who this Maryland team is um they kind of live and die with their with their point guard Jameer Young he's a transfer from Charlotte and their offense really runs heavily through him his, his usage rate is you know top 30 in the country at like 30 percent so you know they kind of live and die with him and he's not a great three-point shooter he's, he's more of a driver he gets to the rim he scores at uh, two-point range, well, he gets to the free-throw line a, a ton and shoots a really high rate at the line. So it's going to be really important that Indiana stays in front of him. 
uh, you know, it's obviously going to be a, a group effort there with Huchifino and Trey Galloway, you know, taking on that primary duty. They got to stay out of foul trouble, <clears throat> which both of them have at different points have had issues with that. So I think if they can kind of cut off the head of the snake there, that, that will go a long way. And, you know, really stymieing what Maryland likes to do uh, on the offensive end. And I think when they when they have lost and they have been that kind of hard team to figure out, it's when Young has had off games. It's an interesting Maryland team. Not only have they had some ups and downs throughout the season, but also their roster combination I think is interesting with it being Coach Willard's first year. He's got a number of holdovers from Coach Turgeon's time there, which that was odd, his kind of midseason departure. Uh, but also he's been a beneficiary of some transfer portal successes as well. So it's it's a good combination of returning players, new players, and transfer transfer portal players that make up uh, season one at uh, Maryland for Coach Willard. Yeah, they've got a trio of forwards that were, were around back from uh, Turgeon and Danny Manning's time, Dante Scott, Julian Reese, and Hakeem Hart. I think all are, all three are playing a little bit better than, than they were a year ago. Give them some good length, some good versatility. None of them are, are guys that, that you look at and think, you know, that they're going to be able to handle a guy like Chris Jackson Davis one-on-one, which I guess you could say no, nobody's really doing that. Um, so it does make you further think they're going to have to find some way to, to jump up the game a little bit, whether it's zones or presses or, you know, almost certainly some array of double teams or traps or digs out of the post, something to, to get the ball out of Jackson Davis's hands. But, you know, if you listen to Willard yesterday, um, you know, I, I think he's almost a little bit concerned about that approach as well because he, his comment was that, what you can't have happen is Jackson Davis, you know, facilitate for everybody else and make everybody else better, which has been the case. That's been a fascinating thing with Jackson Davis this year. Is like it teams double him in years past. I thought they could pretty much take him out of the game. This year, his assist rate is is very high against double teams. Um, you know, you, you might be able to hold him under twenty points, but but he's probably going to have a ton of offensive rebounds and a ton of assists. And he's scoring and facilitating in other ways. He's been very effective of late at leading the break. Um, so I think it's going to be real interesting to see how you know that trio of you know six eight six nine guys that are that are more wings in my opinion for Maryland. How they try to go about combating uh, everything that, that Jackson Davis is doing. And it's really the story of every game right now for Indiana as a starting point. How are teams defending? Jackson Davis, how quickly does he figure it out, and um, you know how effective can he be? And over this five-game stretch, it, it, the story to me has been that his back is clearly better, and it, it really doesn't seem to matter what teams do. Indiana and specifically Trace have seemed to have the antidote for just about everything. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, with us Tuesdays as we talk IU basketball. Mike, one player I did not talk about on Monday's show that I thought definitely should have been talked about and had a worthwhile performance on Saturday was Malik Renew. He he looks looks different. I don't know. It's maybe is he playing more free or more loose, but he sure has come on here recently. And I thought Saturday was just a a great performance by him. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I. I actually asked him that question in post game, like, well, what has changed for him here in the last few weeks? Because I, I had that same thought, like, he just he, 
you know, I don't know if it's cliche to say the game slowed down for him, but it kind of has that look and feel. He he just said he's more comfortable is the, the word he used, and I, I can kind of see that. He, I, I felt like when he was getting the ball, he was anxious, and he's kind of eliminated that aspect from his game. He, he's got, you know, he's more composed when, when he catches the ball. He's still fouling at a really high rate, um, which is limiting his minutes, I think, to this point. But it, it, it's not a huge problem because they don't need a ton of minutes for, for him. He's still filling a role behind Jackson Davis. But, you know, just probably what stands out to me beyond just his composure is just I think his energy level is up. You know, I think he's more bought in. He, he understands his assignments a little bit better. Um, I feel like he's guarding the perimeter a little bit better. There's just incremental improvement there that you like to see from a freshman. You know, sometimes a freshman can go the wrong way midseason. I feel like he's going the right way. And in a game like this, um, you know, physically, I think although he's a freshman, I think he's stronger than, than the bigs that Maryland's going to put on the court. So this could be another game where he pops with like 10, 12 points, seven, eight rebounds if he can stay on the floor and stay out of foul trouble. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, my guest. Mike, I do want to switch away from the IU-Maryland game for a moment and talk about Indiana's NCAA tournament resume. We're in the last day of January, and so the count is on between now and the end of the regular season, now and conference tournaments, and, of course, the NCAA big dance as well. So that said, kind of sum up the resume so far, the wins that matter, the losses that hurt, and what Indiana needs to do to not only secure a spot, and I think they're on their way to that for sure, but to maybe have an opportunity to increase their seeding and their chances in the tournament. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're definitely at that point. Tomorrow's February 1st. It does make a lot of sense to, to start digging into this stuff um, more than halfway through the Big Ten season after tonight as well. Um, I think what, what stands out right now is this this thing can go a lot of different directions. If you look at Kim Palm ratings, everybody IU faces the rest of the way is top 70. Um, you know, Michigan is the only team that's out of the top 50, and they're, they're 68, and I, I think we know that's not going to be anywhere approximating an easy game. So every game can go either way the, the rest of the way here. Um, so, you know, quickly, as we've seen in years past, February can get ugly um, if, if you're not careful, if you don't stay composed. Um, so, so this thing can go a lot of different ways from a seeding standpoint. I think right now the, the kind of consensus I'm seeing from people that do bracketologies is Indiana being in the kind of the 5-6 type range from a seeding standpoint. Um, you know, I think in the net they're right around number 20 with uh, their, their list of Quad one wins, which is probably one of the most important variables that has grown here, here of late. They've got three quad one wins with another opportunity tonight uh, to, to get another quad one win, another opportunity on Saturday against Purdue. There's a lot of opportunities for quad one wins. And probably the most important thing on their resume, <clears throat> that game at Minnesota that you mentioned that they squeaked out, they avoided a quad three loss. And so they had no losses on their resume that the – NCAA tournament committee should look at and say, okay, that, that that's a bad loss. That, that really brings down Indiana's profile. So um, they're obviously not going to run the table here. There's going to be some ups and downs throughout the, the, the rest of the season, but it seems like they, they have a very solid 
resume at this point, and if they can just avoid uh, a major slide in, in February, you know, this is going to be a team that could probably end up anywhere from like a three seed with a really good finish to a, an eight or nine would be my, my best guesstimate at this point. All right, Mike, you cover this team on a daily basis, and you're at all the games, all the press conferences. Uh, you follow every every facet, really, of IU basketball. So when we started this month and got a week or so into this month, did you ever think at that point this team would have any kind of five-game winning streak and totally change what the trajectory of the season and their finish in the conference could be? I mean, there's still a lot to be played, and it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. But did you ever think this was possible with this group uh, after how things had had went maybe a month before this hot stretch? Yeah, I mean, you, you look at it, look back at the time, and you're you're kind of in the weeds of, of what's going on, especially after that, that loss to Penn State where they just got blown off the court out there and really didn't look bought in defensively to, to anything that, that the staff was trying to accomplish. And, and it was really hard at that point. That was a three-game losing streak. I think they had lost five of seven at that point. Um, you know, really hadn't beaten anyone good in a month going all the way back to, to North Carolina. And, and it, you know, the, the thing that you, you think back now to that point in time that, that, you know, maybe I and others should have recognized is just how significant Trace Jackson Davis's back injury was because I, I can just remember him laboring on the court in that game at Penn State and some of the other games around that time. I mean, he was sitting out missing games uh, in December. He, he wasn't practicing. And I, I don't know where he's at with it now. I think he may have said it's, you know, in the 80, 90% recently, and it, it doesn't seem to be bothering him anymore. So maybe it's a situation where it keeps improving. But if, if you think about the five-game winning streak now, and you think about the 7-0 and start to the season, which included Carolina and Xavier, two massive wins on the, on the resume, uh, he, he's been the real constant. I know, I know Jalen Huchifino is getting a lot of well-deserved publicity, but, you know, again, going back to Willard's comments yesterday, he said, you know, the way Jackson Davis is playing is making everybody on this team look significantly better. And I, that really resonated with me, just thinking about the numbers he's putting up and the way he's doing it, again, irrespective of the way teams are trying to guard him. Um, so a long-winded answer to say, no, I didn't see it coming at the time, but, but maybe we should have if, if we could have thought that, you know, the real story that was going on was that the, the best player on the team wasn't healthy. I mean, it's hard sometimes when he's playing through it. You think, well, he's, you know, he's just not playing hard or he's, he's just not good against good good competition, but, but that wasn't the story. I mean, we saw how good he was last March in the Big Ten tournament, and he's back to that form, and as long as he can stay healthy... I think, you know, playing at a high level, winning some of these games that, you know, are, are somewhat surprising in the manner that they're winning them by double figures against good teams and good coaches can continue to some extent down the stretch. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, with us talking IU basketball. Mike, big one tonight, that is for sure. Thanks for the chat, and uh, we'll do this again next week and see where this Indiana team is at. All right, it's going to be a fun week for sure. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, no no question, of course. Uh, Maryland tonight, that's the challenge this evening for Indiana. 9 o'clock tip-off coming up on Saturday. Boy, it's a big one, uh, especially 
I mean, it's going to be big regardless. But, boy, if Indiana goes into that with a six-game winning streak uh, at Assembly Hall with how loud things got, crazy things got uh, at the Ohio State game on Saturday, uh, unbelievable uh, is what that environment will be like on Saturday afternoon for that big Indiana and Purdue rivalry game. Of course, just the first of two. Uh, it's, I know it's, it's already basically February, but there will be two meetings between those two teams coming up this month. We'll head to a commercial break, come back and get you set for what we think is still on tonight with girls' sectionals and talk some other local things as well. Stay with us. Final segment ahead. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennis. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Tuesday program. Again, uh, girls' sectional action tonight supposed to begin at uh, basically everywhere across the state. We do know that the 4A sectional at Bedford, everything's going to be pushed back a day, essentially. The Bedford-Jennings County game to Wednesday, which means that Floyd and Silver Creek and New Albany, all three locals, or I guess three of the four locals, will play uh, in first-round games on Thursday. And then Jeff got the bye. They will, uh, as of now, be set to still play in that bye game on Friday uh, Brian Sullivan, he may be with us later in the week to talk some about girls' sectionals as we want to make sure we give the ladies plenty of credit this week and highlight some of the big performances and the, the big matchups as the week goes on. He just said also Corden is uh, going to make a decision on their sectional game tonight by 1 o'clock this afternoon. So uh, it just, you know, it's postseason. I know that schools sometimes have policies where they can be out uh, and still play a game normally in the postseason if things clear up in this case if it's ice if it if it melts if it if it's not as bad uh, and this travel distance is reasonable uh, I think you'll see a lot of it go on tonight so I do expect at at least some of the locations for there to be some sectional action here in southern Indiana tonight but should be a fun week I, I just love postseason basketball and girls boys even you know the middle school stuff we've had a lot of the middle school champions uh, either crowned recently or coming up it just it's a different feel and to me five six seven bucks whatever it costs to get in a game these days depending on the school you're at it's just worth it uh, if you're looking for some good entertainment even if you've not been to a girls game all season long uh, pick one out uh, we'll tell you what we think as the week goes on the best games this weekend will be and check it out because you're not only getting out supporting local athletes you're also helping the high schools here as well and it's great to see big crowds for high school basketball in our area and it's even more special when it's a postseason environment as well to close out today producer justin kalen is with me uh mr producer your prediction on the game and please tell us your bets on tonight's game as well uh, so I've got – I am on Indiana plus two and a half, but I think I, – I do not think they win this game. You, I mean, you touched on it. It's a, it's a tough game. Kind of kind of feels like a trap game 
before that Purdue game on Saturday. I, I, I hope Indiana's not overlooking this Maryland team, it's, and it's going to be a really tough game. But there's always that possibility that they are looking forward towards that Purdue game on Saturday as opposed to the game tonight. So I'm just hopeful that it's a good game. I want If I'm going to stay up till 11 o'clock at night, if we're being honest, I want a good game. Yeah, understand. Hey, uh, has there been any update? Have you seen anything on Jordan Geronimo? Somebody texted me and asked me. I have not really seen any update on him since Saturday. I have not either. No, I, I did see yesterday, though, Xavier Johnson posted on Twitter that he's going to be back soon, so that's cool. Wow, things are trending in a good direction with this current team, but how Race Thompson continues to fit in, and then when you bring Xavier Johnson back, I mean, he, he does dominate the ball a lot. It's going to be interesting to see how he fits in. Yeah, I'm, I'm anxious for when X comes back, how the role of Jalen Huchafino transitions to another role, because he's been really good. The last week, two, three weeks, however long it's been, hopefully X coming back does not disturb what this team's been able to do in the last few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Justin Kalen, producer, thank you, sir. That's going to wrap things up for our Tuesday program. Uh, Lots of basketball coming up this week. IU tonight, IU on Saturday. Girls sectionals this week. Tonight, now some tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Just a busy week. Boys basketball, lots of games this week. Thursday night games and also Saturday afternoon games. So, wow, just a busy, busy week. And that's always how it is here as we start the month of February, which is just a great time here in southern Indiana. That's going to wrap it up for today. We'll be back with you on Wednesday tomorrow at 11 a.m. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.